You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Sometimes you may find yourself wondering, what's happening around me? Maybe people are giving testimony of how God has given them a breakthrough. You're seeing other people smiling, other people being happy, other people laughing, and you're wondering, what is going on? Where is my testimony? Where is my breakthrough? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? You've been trusting God for your breakthrough? The Bible teaches us in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season. There's a time for everything, every purpose. There's a time and a season for everything. Verse 11 says that he makes it beautiful in its time. It says God hides this. He places eternity in their hearts so that people cannot find out the work of God from the beginning to the end. Turn to the person next to you and say, God holds your future. You know, the Bible teaches us that blind Bartimaeus found himself in a position like that. He heard people walking. He heard the talking of people. Something was going on. Heard that Jesus was around. But he couldn't see it. Found himself in a situation like that, that everything that was happening around him, he only heard about it. He had to depend and rely Upon what people were saying, what to do, where to go, what to eat, had to depend upon people. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Didn't matter how much people blessed him, he could never experience true blessings. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. Family, I want you to meditate upon this. When he cried out to Jesus, the Son stood still. When he cried out to Jesus, the Son of God stood still. Jesus is no respecter of person. If you cry out to him, you will make the time to stand still, to attend to your case, to your matter. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Faith simply means our movement 
towards God. He did not instruct God what to do, but his cry was, Son of David, have mercy on me. Blind Bartimaeus found him in a situation that he could only hear Jesus. What have you heard about Jesus? Blind Bartimaeus, when he received his breakthrough, the Bible says he followed Jesus. Immediately after receiving his breakthrough, his healing, he followed Jesus. Ask yourself, you've come to ask God for something. If God grants you your petition, would you be following him? Or would you be doing your own thing again? We want God to help us in our future. But we want to instruct him how to do it, when to do it, how to do it. Jesus has given us a promise of a new body, a new soul, a new spirit. That's what awaits us. God loves you enough to perfect everything concerning you. We often don't know what's best for ourselves, but Jesus knows what's the best for you. In God's sovereign plan, He is busy perfecting everything concerning you. In God's sovereign plan, for you to be saved is by grace through faith. God chooses grace rather than work so that no man should boast. Sanctification that comes to all of mankind when they believe. Sanctification through faith. So on this journey, don't depart. Move away from your faith. Don't move away from grace that God has given you. Turn to the person next to you and say, I have to finish strong. Tell them again, say, I have to finish strong. Family, listen to me. For us to finish strong... Do you know what the future holds? Do you know what will happen tomorrow? You don't. But for tomorrow, we need wisdom. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We need the fear of the Lord. We need the Spirit of Christ to rest upon us. The Bible teaches in the book of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord that rested upon him will be the Spirit of Wisdom. Spirit of knowledge, spirit of understanding, spirit of the fear of the Lord. In life, people are always looking for shortcuts, especially the young people, the new generation. You have them on your phone. You have them on your computer, the shortcut. In life, there's also shortcuts. But sometimes when you just look for the shortcuts, can be dangerous. You have to apply the Word of God. The Word of God will help you and show you those things. Let me give you one quickly. Have you ever tried to perfect the fruits of the Spirit? Love and joy and kindness, long-suffering. Ever tried? It's not an easy task. Let me teach you a shortcut when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. Focus on the first one and focus on the last one. Then it's much easier for everything in between. Love and self-control. When you focus on love and self-control then it's easy to be gentle, to be kind, long-suffering. 
The Bible has got a lot of secrets. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of kings to search out the matter. To enjoy wisdom, to enjoy understanding, the key is the fear of the Lord. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, counsel and might. Isaiah 11 verse 2 teaches us, rested upon Christ and the fear of the Lord. Proverbs teaches us that the fear of the Lord is to hate sin. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to hate sin. Tell them again, say, you have to hate sin. Tell them, love sinners, but hate sin. Amen? Remember, the Bible says that we should love our neighbor like we love ourselves. Job 28 says, where does wisdom come from? Where does understanding come from? When you go to verse 28, behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. So if you want understanding, if you want wisdom, ask God for this precious gift of the fear of the Lord. Holy Spirit, fall afresh upon me and grant unto me the gift of the fear of the Lord. Everybody has a desire to change. Everybody wants to experience the anointing of the Lord in their lives, the kind of anointing that will destroy the yokes that are keeping you back, that heaviness resting upon you. You want those things to be removed as you walk into the future that God has planned for you. You know God holds your future. But we have to align ourselves with God's will. Can I tell you what we need? Paul received it. Peter received it. We need instruction in righteousness. When you receive instruction in righteousness, everything will change. Sometimes you need somebody to just say, stop your nonsense. Stop doing this thing. I want to read from the Passion Translation. Psalm 141. Verse 5. Listen to this. When one of your godly lovers corrects me, or one of your faithful ones rebukes me, I will accept it like an honor I cannot refuse. It will be as healing medicine that I swallow without an offended heart. The New King James says, let the righteous strike me. It will be kindness. Let him rebuke me. It will be like excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. Family, you know what happens. Oftentimes, God will give us instruction in righteousness. He will read the word, will say, go and forgive a brother. Then you say, well, okay, I'll drink that medicine because you know it's good for you. But when you drink it, 
you drink it with an offended heart. When you drink it with an offended heart, it cannot work the way that it should work. Because faith works through love. Sometimes when God gives us instruction in righteousness, He might even rebuke us so that we can align ourselves with His Word. Go read Hebrews 12 from 5 to 7. If God has been rebuking you, correcting you, you should count it an honor, is what David says in Psalm 141. Because if He's rebuking you, correcting you, giving you instruction in righteousness, it means that He considers you one of His sons. If He's not correcting you, you're not a son. But if you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God, He will give you instruction in righteousness. It is Peter in Luke chapter 5. He was sitting next to the seashore, hopeless, murmuring, complaining, after he had worked all night long, toiled all night long. Little did he know that in that disappointment, there was an appointment. Turn to the person next to you say, in disappointment, there's appointment. He was looking back at how he had worked, how he had toiled, how he had suffered. Whereas God wanted him to look forward to his future. Psalm 143 verse 10 says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't look back. Look forward. Jesus does not consult your past in determining your good future. A matter of fact, when Jesus came and he gave Peter instruction in righteousness, he said, Lord, I've been toiling, I've been working, I've been suffering the whole night long. I have been everywhere where I know there's fish. I've done everything to catch them. But when the Lord said to him, go and drop your nets, he received instruction in righteousness. And that look of faith, that action, is what established the breakthrough for him. It was the moment when Peter realized Jesus is also Lord of the seas that he could yield to him. And he had one of the greatest catches he's ever had. Family, listen to me, Christians. Even in your disappointment, there's an appointment. Even in that failure of an empty net, God was still supporting his position. Do you know what it teaches us as Christians? Listen to me. Even though you've toiled, you worked hard, you've done everything possible with zero results, you should not lose faith. You should keep faith in God. Because what seems like a disappointment, God can turn it around into an appointment. If he had received his desired heart's desire, he might have told them, clean the nets, I'll see you tomorrow morning, and walked off that beach 
and missed his appointment with Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, in disappointment, there's appointment. Teaches us if you've been working hard, you've been doing the right thing, living with that conviction, and there's been no results, don't be faint in your faith. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Amen? Cling to Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus holds your future. When your life is centered around Christ Jesus, you can always say with all confidence, the best is yet to come. Even in this time and this season that we find ourselves in, it's important to keep your focus upon Jesus. Jesus has the master plan for you and for me. Hebrews 4 verse 14. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. When God has given you a promise about your future, hold on to it. If you're going through some difficulties, if you're going through some challenges, it's not uncommon. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. If you ask Abraham in Genesis 22, he will tell you. Sometimes God will ask you things that does not make sense from a natural point of view. Remember, it's there when God asked him, sacrifice your son, your only son. And it was through that that he became the father of faith, giving you and me hope today. Faith does not look at things from a natural point of view. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true, for we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in every frailty. He understands humanity. For as a man, a magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. On this journey, it's important to make Jesus Christ the CEO of your life. Let him be the boss. Let him be the director. And everything that we do, trust him as the guide of your life. When we are connected to God, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll still have hope because we are connected to him. Daniel will tell you, even though you go into the lion's den, if you don't have faith, you cannot be connected to God. In this master plan that we are going through, that we are walking upon, God has set the course. Do you know what this means? God decides what you go through. You decide how you go through it. When you know His will and His plans for your life, you'll have peace on the inside. You will know that God holds your future in his hands. Sometimes even when things don't make sense, even when we've messed up, God is there to give us a second chance. Job, if you could ask him, he'll tell you, 
It is his very afflictions that he went through that produced fruit in his life. The fruitfulness, the double that he experienced came when he went through the challenges in his life. Naaman, if you have to ask him, he'll tell you if God has given you a promise, you have to endure, you have to exercise your faith and not lose hope. It is through faith and patience, endurance, that they inherited the promise. Many people sit with a promise from God, a promise from heaven, but they've not received it because they've never endured. They've never pushed through. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need perseverance. The biggest mistake that we make, especially the generation right now, we live in an instant generation. God has given us a promise. But we cannot endure. One little storm derails you and you think, where is God? You start to question God. Abraham had to wait 25 years. If God has given you a promise, endure. Do you know what we do? We start to worry. This is the trap of the enemy, anxiety. Because when you start to worry, you start to question God. God, will you still do it? You've promised me a husband. You've promised me a wife. You've promised me this breakthrough. You've promised me this. And now we don't see it immediately because we compare ourselves to the people around us. And you start to doubt your future. When anxiety grips your heart, your reasoning is weakened. Your determination is weakened. Satan uses your situation as bait to trap you. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't let your situation dictate your direction. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. The biggest burden that most people carry is anxiety. But God gives us instruction. He says, cast your burdens, your cares upon him. When you worry about a situation, it destroys your reasoning about the situation. Then you start asking God, how will you do it? What does my future look like? How will everything fall into place? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Do you know what you do when you start asking about tomorrow? You're putting yourself in God's position. We live in the now. Faith acts now. Yesterday is history. Today is an opportunity. Tomorrow is a mystery. What you do today, the opportunities you have today, determines your tomorrow. How many times have I heard, what will happen next? You're not living in the next. You're living in the now. Do you know who lives in the next? God. Moses said, I'm not going into the promised land unless your spirit has gone before me. 
What was he saying? He's saying, I'm going to the promise that you've got for me, but I know there's challenges, there's giants, there's obstacles, there's high walls. But I know if you've gone before me, you'll prepare the way for me. I'm going to be obedient now. Faith acts now, believes now. Matthew 6 teaches us not to worry about the future, not to be anxious about the future. Otherwise, you put yourself in God's position. Turn to the person next to you and say, God holds your future. Family, if you're facing a challenge right now, or if you're in the waiting room, you know, these days we have a lot of Zoom meetings. Then you can see somebody is in the waiting room. Have you ever been in the waiting room? You're just waiting there. It's in that time when you're in the waiting room that God is busy stretching your faith, your intimacy with Him. It is that faith, that movement towards God while you're in the waiting room that pleases Him. To say, Lord, I know that you are in control while I'm waiting. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to exalt you. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't get stuck in the waiting room. Tell them again, say, don't get stuck in the waiting room. Why, family? Because faith acts now. While you are waiting, demonstrate your faith by saying, thank you, Jesus. Yesterday is history. Today is an opportunity. Tomorrow is a mystery. God is waiting there. That unknown. Why don't we have to worry about tomorrow? Because Jesus is waiting for you there. Why don't you have to allow the next to fear to grip your heart? Because Jesus is waiting there. The biggest mistake that we make, you compare yourself to those around you. When you compare yourself to those around you, you start to think, why me? But your plan that God has got for you differs from the person next to you. The way you will execute it, the way you will allow it to unfold is different in every person's life. Let me tell you what is the biggest challenge that most of us face as Christians. You get three kinds of Christians. You get the spiritual Christian, you get the soulish Christian, and you get the carnal Christian. Carnal Christian is the Christian that allows his flesh to dictate everything about him. The soulish Christian is the one that reasons everything, his will, his intellect, his emotions, what you are seeing, what you are hearing, what you are feeling. But the spiritual Christian is the one who's got heaven's opinion about his future. Can keep the peace of God on the inside of your heart, even when there's a storm on the outside. You can say, God, I know you hold my future. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm going to have peace in my heart because I know you are busy perfecting everything concerning me. Lord, even though I have toiled all night and I'm tired and the nets are still empty, I'm not going to let my faith faint in any way because I know even in this disappointment, there's an appointment. Faith is the thing that pleases God. Family, listen to me. God has deposited 
mustard seed faith on the inside of you so that you can believe in all situations. As a Christian concerning the future, you don't have to lose heart. God's word, this, cannot fail without God failing. And this is never going to fail. When he sends his word to do something, it's going to come to pass. It might take some time. Don't get frustrated. Don't jump the gun. Be faithful to the word that he has given you. He holds your future. He has not changed his mind. The thoughts that he has towards you is thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You might be experiencing evil all around you, difficulties all around you, but you can have the peace of God on the inside. In whatever situation you are facing, God is still saying something. It was later on, afterwards, that Peter realized that disappointment has become an appointment. He could see what God was doing. But sometimes when we're in that storm, it's very difficult for us to understand. We can say, Lord, I've been working so hard. I've been doing everything. It's not working out. I want to ensure you, God cannot fail. His word cannot fail. When you are linked up with God, when he is your source, you cannot fail. As a Christian, he will see you through and take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. God is the one who holds your future. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.